the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. So this morning, I'd like you to open your Bibles, if you have them with you, to Psalm 139. If you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles that are in the chair racks in front of you, so just reach under there and pull one out. If not, most of the verses will be up on the screen, and then you also have it in your little um, worship folder in front of you. If you have an electronic gadget in front of you and you can find it, I would do that. You can follow along with me. But we're going to go through Psalm 139. I'm not going to be able to cover the entire Psalm today, but that's okay. You're going to get plenty of food in the few verses that I will go through, and you can mark them down. Now, while you're getting ready for this message, let me explain. This passage of Psalm 139 will cover no less than seven attributes. Now, I know that your outline shows six because I'm going to combine two of those. I want you to know that this Psalm 139 does not cover all the attributes of God so that I want you to know there's many more. That doesn't mean you're cheated out of it. If all I did was park on one attribute, I could spend nearly a lifetime of preaching on that alone through Scripture because the depth of God is almost so deep that I'll never be able to plummet it for all of the knowledge and the wisdom. At the same time, I'll try to divide up Psalm 139 so you could follow along like pegs on truths that you'll know God and how to apply Him to your life. But I want you to know that sometimes it's difficult because the verses and the passages of Scripture are like a beautiful fine fabric. That you'll have different strands, but when they're all together, it's sometimes hard to discern one strand from the other when you're looking at that entire garment that's there. So we're going to look at the garment of the attributes of God, and I'm going to try to pick apart some of those little strands, those strings, so that you could see him, but yet there'll be some overlap. And so I pray that today's message that I've titled, Looking at Yourself, But Through the Eyes of God, will not only encourage you, but will bring you into a greater understanding of who God is. Now... You'll notice at the beginning of my message, I referred to Jesus Christ and Palm Sunday and him then later in the week going to the cross and all of that. And now I'm going to be talking about God. I do not want to separate Jesus from God in a sense because I want you to know that Jesus is God. In John 1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is God. Then in verse 14, it says that we behold the word and that word dwelt among us like flesh. And so again, the word is God, Jesus is God, God is God, and they're all the same. So while we're going to refer to God in Psalm 139, I want you to know it is not a leap to mention that Jesus is God. I'm talking about the same entity, but this time, not just God in the flesh, Jesus on earth, but God, they're all one. So this would be also, this is how Jesus is to you. And so let's begin our journey together. And there are six of these principles. You might want to jot them down as they'll help you as we go through that. We will read the verses as we cover these. Here's the first one. is, And that is God is all-knowing. 
Now, a lot of us know that God is all-knowing. We would call that the omniscience of God. A lot of the theologians say that. You don't need to remember that word. But it would be good for you to know that God is all-knowing. But what's so important about God being all-knowing is the last part of that phrase. Therefore, he knows what is very best for you. If God is all-knowing, then he knows what I'm going through, but he also knows what is best for me. And I like to know that someone really has my best interest in mind, and he really does. Well, let's go back to the passage now. Let's see a little bit more about how much he knows about us, shall we? Let's read it to you. It goes like this. Oh, Lord, you've searched me, and you've known me, and you know when I sit down and when I rise up, you understand my thought from way afar. You scrutinize my path and also my lying down and... You're intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there was a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you do it all. You've enclosed me behind and before. You laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I can't attain it. Well, let's see if we can get some thoughts on this. First of all, he knows us so well. He knows us personally. Sometimes we might see ourselves as nothing more than what we might call a snowflake in the blizzard of humanity. That there are 7 billion people in the world today, and so how can God really know me? According to the psalmist right here, he is claiming that God does know him as an individual. So while you're in a room that's filled with people, for you just for a moment, plan as if you were all by yourself. God knows you. Now more than knows you, he really knows you. And because he knows you, he knows what plans he has for your life as well. So God really knows you. It also says he has known you, but he also says he has searched you. Now that word search is kind of an interesting word. It's not so much like, well, the Lord had just a, a kind of a brief knowledge of you, but he had to really study you a little bit more to really get to know you. It's kind of like getting married. You see him far off, get to know him real well, you get married, then you really know him. You know what I mean? It's not like that with God. You were in the mind of God before you were ever in your mother's womb. You were in God's mind where he divinely designed you. So keep that in mind. That's how much he knows you. You're that important to him. But he also knows your movements. See where it says, when I sit down and when I rise up? What does that mean, when I sit down, when I rise up? Well, basically, he knows everything about me in all of my day. When I get up and I go to work tomorrow, he knows me. When I go to sleep tonight and I put my head on the pillow, he knows me. He knows me in all of my movements. He knows me when I move about. So wherever you go today, you are never going alone. You're going with the Lord who knows you and doesn't have to discover you. But he also knows your thoughts. Now, this is what gets really scary. He knows exactly what I'm thinking. In fact, I think he believes and knows, rather, I, I know he knows what I know when I'm thinking before I even think those thoughts. In fact, he knew when I would stumble over a phrase. He knows everything about me. So whatever you're thinking right now, like how long is he going to go today? He knows that thought, all right? So I want you to know he knows everything about us, all the thoughts that we have, which would be the good thoughts, the pleasant thoughts, the blessing thoughts, but also the morally impure thoughts that we have. He knows the thoughts that we have in our mind. So when I sit down, when I move about, he says he knows my thoughts. He knows them before I make them. But also that means he knows my motives too. But he also knows my actions. It sounds similar to what we've already said, but it's more than that. Go back to the passage. It says, you scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. That means he knows me in the morning. He knows me at night. knows me during the day. He knows my actions. He knows what I do, what I don't do. He knows how I think. So every place that I go, he knows. Every action that I take. 
whether I take something that doesn't belong to me, whether I choose to make a, a, a deal with someone that's a swindling situation. He knows about that. Every action that I take, how I drive my car, how I treat my children, how I talk to my wife. He knows every deed that I do even before I do them. He knows my thoughts. He knows my motives. He knows my actions. Now, while for some of you, you might want to run from a God like that, the only purpose of us knowing that God is such a God like that is not so much that we would run from him, that we would run to him. We would run to him because of how much he loves us and he wants to forgive us and change us from the inside out. So he knows my actions, but he also knows my words. It says that all the words that he knows that I'm speaking. I, I, I get a little thinking about that because how many of us use words that are caustic with other people, sarcasm with other people, words that are not truthful to other people, profanity. How many of us still take the Lord's name in vain? Or perhaps how many of us will use a euphemism for God as well? He knows all the words that we say. But he also knows all the good words that we share. A word of encouragement, a word of truth, a word of comfort. Perhaps even the word of the simple message of salvation by faith alone in Christ. Will you take a stand for the Lord? He knows every one of our words. Now, I also like the last part. It says... He has always known me. Look at the verse. It says, He enclosed me behind and before. In the Hebrew, that's like a word, like a hem, like when you hem up a garment. I'm glad this shirt has a hem on it right now because it's not frazzled at the end. It kind of holds it together here. And so the Lord says, I know everything about you, and I can hem you in from past and present. Then it says, He laid His hand upon me. Watch what I do with my Bible. Can you see way in the back up here? I'll try to hold it up high for you. When I do this... I'm touching my Bible. When I do this with my hand, I'm laying my hand on my Bible. When I touch something, generally a touch is I come and I go. That's a touch. Now I know there's some old gospel song. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. I like that song and he does touch me. That means he came to my life and he got my attention. He touched me. Sometimes when Carol wants to get my attention, she'll poke me. All right, so she touches me and it gets my attention. But in this verse, it's more than that. It's not just he gets my attention. It means he lays his hand upon me. That means he cares for everything that I do and I'm going through. He never leaves me. Can you imagine having, quote, the hand of God on your life? The hand of a loving God. In fact, take all these points that I'm going to give to you today, wrap them all up into one, and then put it into a glove, and then that glove will be his hand on you, every bit of his attributes. That hand of God is on you and me. So whatever you go through, I want you to know, no matter how challenging that is, God knows about it ahead of time. He knows that there's purpose in it here, and that there's purpose for you even in eternity with all that you're going through. Now, when I give you this, some of you are saying, man, I... I, I don't understand. How does that fit with this? And how does that fit with that? I just don't get this. Well, can I tell you something? You're in good company. One reason, sometimes I struggle with this too. I don't know everything about God's knowability in my life. I don't know how can God know everything about me and at the same time know everything about you and at the same time know everything about 7 billion people in the world. I don't know that. But we're also in better company because the psalmist who wrote this is David. And what's so cool is when David wrote this dilemma that he couldn't even understand this, God allowed that to be put into Scripture so that we then can identify with David who couldn't understand that. And God said, see, David can't understand me. It's okay. I put it in Scripture. You're not failing your course on theology if you don't know everything about God's knowability of you and me. If I knew everything there was about God, 
That means that I invented God. I was the creator of God. Now that ought to be scary for every one of us, don't you think? And so I don't have a problem with God knowing so much that I can't know that about him. Look at the verse it goes on to say. Such knowledge, what we've just learned about him, is too wonderful for me. Let's pause for a moment. That word wonderful, you know what that means? Look up here. Wonderful really means full of wonder. I am so full of wonder that it doesn't scare me that God knows so much about me. I'm full of awe over that about God. So don't let this truth about God knowing your thoughts, knowing where you work, what you do, what you say, all the things about you that God knows because he, quote, created you in his mind before you were ever then placed in your mother's womb. Don't let that scare you. Let that make you be full of wonder. So when Christ is now coming historically into your life, I want you to see him coming as the real God who loves you so much. But it goes on to say, it's so high, I can't attain to it. That means you can plummet the depths of Scripture and you can separate yourself and become a so-called monk and even then you would never know all there is about God. Yes, we should continue to seek knowledge of God, but at the same time, we'll never get to the end of it. It's almost like, can you ever get to the end of the Internet? (laughs) You can't, but that's all right. I have God. Well, let's go to the second truth here about his attributes. So since God is all-knowing and he knows what's best for me, and I have to believe that, That means that there are good things that are planned for me, whether it's in this life or next. The second one is God is always present and faithful. These are the two attributes of God that I'm kind of putting together now. God is always present and faithful to me. And the next phrase is, as he was to everyone in the Bible. In a sense, no matter what a Bible character went through, God never really abandoned them. Now, that person may have abandoned God in their thought, talk, and walk, but that doesn't mean that God ever lost them. If they ever got away from the Lord, the Lord was saying, where are you? You know, God knew where they were, even in the garden when he said, where are you? He knew he wanted them to come out from hiding on their very own. And you parents, have you ever played hide and seek? You know where the kids are. Where are you? Oh, I'm hiding over here. They can't see me. And you're looking down on them right there. All right. God knows everything. But now, besides all of that, he is always present with you. Look at this passage. It is just rich with the presence of God. It goes on to say, the writer, he says, where can I go from your spirit? Interesting now. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Where can I go from the Trinity? Where can I go from the divinity? Where can I go from the deity? Oh, where can I flee from your presence? That means how far away can I run when God's not there? Where can I go? If I ascend to heaven, well, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, whether it's hell or the grave, it doesn't really matter because for David here, we know he didn't go to hell, but he said, if I could do that, Behold, you're there in a sense that God knows everything where everybody's at. Then it says, if I take the wings of the dawn and if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea. I just read an article last night about a couple of people, a crew actually that left in January to go across from South America to find out where the Polynesian people would maybe travel. Now, this wasn't our own little voyaging canoe. This was another group that was trying to do this. They were so far blown off course that they had to cry out for help. And there was someone there just in the nick of time to rescue them. They would be in the farthest most part of the sea. And here it says, even if I'm there, you are there with me at that very moment. That doesn't mean that you might not be lost physically. It might not mean that you won't be maimed through the danger of being in the farthest most part of wherever you might be. But it does mean this, that you're never lost with God. He knows right where you are. Well, it goes on a little bit further. It says, 
Even there, your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. Now, if it's your Bible, you might want to underline the phrase right hand, because that has an indication of that's the power of God. Now, we know that all of God is powerful, but kind of in our earthly way, we look at the part. I'm right-handed, so that means I'm, I'm a little bit better with a hammer with my right hand than I am with my left hand. And so, in a sense, even God is there to lay hold of me. And it says, and if I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be my night then. Even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as the dark. Darkness and light are alike to you. That means no matter where I go, it's never dark with God because he's always there. Can you go back down memory lane? Let me ask you this question. Was there ever a time when you were a little child that you had the night fears, I call them? Not nightmares. It may have started with a nightmare, but this is when you kind of woke up at night and you had what we call a night fear. A night fear is you're in your room and all of a sudden you just feel like there's a, you know, a monster under your bed or in the closet or something like that. And you were terrified at night and it was pitch dark and every little sound you, you heard was like a monster scratching on the window to try to get to you. Now, let's see how honest you can be. How many of you had something like a night fear at one time growing up? Would you raise your hand? All right. How many of you had it last night? Don't raise your hand. All right. So you had those night fears. And it may have been because you watched too many monster movies before you went to bed. I don't know. But my point is this, that no matter how dark it is, it is never dark with God. He is always there. He is always there. He will always take care of you. He'll be faithful to you. I call that very precious because some of you will be called off to do some new things. The Lord will be there. You know, um, here, Carol and I feel very safe among you. We are very much loved by all of you. Some of you know us more and know us better, so you know how to reach out in your love for us that scratches us where we love itch kind of thing. Some of you not so much, but we never feel your anger or your whatever against us. But when we do leave here, we don't have a date. We don't know when that'll be yet. But when we do leave here, we're going to be going to a whole new culture. We will be going to a whole new people group, a whole new kind of system, a whole new way of doing life out there. It's going to be scary. We'll be in a new house. I know where there's some little pukas in our house, but I don't know all of them in the new house. I don't know what our neighbors are like. I've only talked to one. I don't know, I don't know any of that. But I know this. Where God guides, God provides. I know that no matter what it looks like there, the presence of God will be there with us, watch this, as much as he is here right now while I'm speaking to you, and his faithfulness will be just as faithful there as he has been to us to take care of us in this most expensive place in the United States to live. We've never been without, never been without, from medical to food to socialization to spiritual dynamics, God's taking care of us. And we can look back to his faithfulness I can make a record of all the things that he has done. I can rest in the inspired mind of God on paper, his word. And based on that truth that says his presence is there, I can never flee from the Lord, no matter how dark it might be, that I know that in his faithfulness he will be just as present with me then as he is now. So you military guys, gals, he's going to be faithful to you. You college kids getting ready to leave Island and go off to school, he'll be there. Some of you that are going to take a job change, he's going to be there. Some of you that are going to enter into a brand new relationship, whether it's marriage or having a child, I want you to know no matter how in your own mind you can conjure up how dark and uncertain it's going to be, and it very well can be, you'll never be alone in that darkness. He'll always be there for you. And that makes you to be able to rejoice because that's who he is. So he's always there to do that for us. If you want to maybe put some notes on the side, here's some things you might want to keep in mind about that. First, he's everywhere. 
that means he's the great I am. So wherever you go, he's there. Wherever you want to be, he'll be there. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will hold you. I love that fact that he will hold me. He'll protect me. When I think about being protected, I think about three guys in the Old Testament. How many of you remember them? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three guys who followed the Lord and they wouldn't bow down to a political leader that chose to be a deity, so to speak, and to do things and make them do things that they shouldn't do against God. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My shack, your shack, and a bungalow. Okay? They were then cast into a fiery furnace. And when they went into that fiery furnace, where was the Lord? It said there was a fourth one in there, like unto the Son of Man. So there was another person in there. We often believe it very well could have been God. That's my belief that it was, that even in that. But remember this. Remember, this is going to help you. I want you to know that they did not actually know that God would be there with them. All they could go upon is the limited amount of truths that they were taught growing up as Jewish guys. And they remember the faithfulness of God. I imagine they were just as scared as you and I would be to go into a new situation. And in this particular time, they knew they were going into a furnace to die. In fact, it was so hot that the guys that were throwing them in exploded in the flames. So perhaps at that very moment that that was happening, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, before they ever hit the bottom of the furnace, they thought, whoa, they're burning, but we're not. And there they were. So I don't know what God's going to call you through. I do know this, that he will be there with you in your presence. Whatever God has for the future of this church, which I believe with all of my heart, the best is really yet to come in your lifetime here. God is going to be with you, and I'm excited for you. But let's go to the next one, number three. God is in control of everything that I cannot control. Now, I obviously, he can control everything. But there are things that he wants us to do. But right now I want to focus on the sovereignty of God. Notice what it says here. Now, pay attention because this might be a little bit of a leap for you. It says, for you, Lord, formed my inward parts. That would be my immaterial parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. So that means God created us innermost being. He created our physical being. The woven together is like we are knit together in our mother's womb. That's what the King James likes to say. So God really created us. Now you might say, well, how do you get sovereignty over that? You remember a moment ago, and I've used this many times, this is a phrase you can take to the bank. We are in the mind of God before we were in our mother's womb. That means we were divinely designed by God. That means when God was designing you, he wanted you to be born. He wanted you to live as long as you've lived, some short, long, some longer, some of you more healthy than others, some of you taller or shorter, some of you male or female. But God had fully designed who you were, that you had tremendous purpose in coming together. Now, how does that fit underneath the sovereignty? That means you did not somehow in the early beginning come up to say, this is what I want to be. This would tell you that there's no reincarnation. You can go through a whole new religious system there. It's not that way at all. It's all beginning with God and God alone. And so that means he is in control. So if he can control your beginning part, he can control your during part. He can also control your ending part because there is no end with you. Once you've been born, given life, you're going to exist forever. Some in heaven, some not. But you are all underneath God's sovereignty. Now, as you go through Scripture, you're going to see how much you really have sovereign control over you and me. So he is in control of your life. So he controls everything that you can control. We can make a whole case on what is the permission of God and what is the prescription of God. But no matter what, whether it's permitted of the Lord or prescribed by the Lord, it's still God allowing that to happen in your life. And that means he is ultimately sovereign. Now, for some of you, that's very hard. And I... It's hard for me at times to know that God is so much in control. He's allowing, permitting, prescribing in my life. 
But now that's where you have to then, for a moment, lay aside his sovereignty, because that's where you're struggling with. God's in control, and he's going to make a mess. You've got to take that and remember it's all part of the same diamond and look at his love. That which he loves, he's not going to mess up. So what we have to do is look at ourselves through the eyes of God, not through our own eyes, watch this, and not through our own expectations of what we think God wants us to be or be like. It all begins and ends with God. And regardless of us understanding all of this, he has the right to do it. He can do anything he wants with us. He's God. No matter what we might go through when we leave this island, I'm so grateful that he at least had 11 years for us to be here with you people. That every one of you are going to go with us. In our minds, I can see your faces. What you've done over 11 years with us, for us, to us. You're in our hearts. You're in our prayers. I'm so thankful God did this for us right here. So if it all goes south when we get to the next place, I'm not going to question God there because all of it is good with God. He's sovereign. And I'm, (laughs) I am not special any more than you are. So God is always in control. Let's go to number four. God is always good to me. Now this is kind of difficult. So I'm going to take you through this context and then I'm going to give you a little phrase that might help you see how this works. God is always good to me. You are listening to Make It Clear. If today's message helped you to better understand God's Word, let me encourage you to be with us next time or go to our website, makeitclear.org, for more resources. If Stan's biblical teaching is helping you to understand God's Word more clearly and to apply it to your life each day, please remember, this ministry is listener-supported. You can become a partner with Make It Clear and take this teaching to other believers around the world by making a tax-deductible donation to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Or you may do so securely online at makeitclear.com. On behalf of Dr. Stan Bonds, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College, thanks for listening and invite a friend to join you next time for Make It Clear. Mostly clear, 68, feels like 65, yes, 68, 55. Going to be cooler overnight tonight and then a beautiful weekend weather-wise. AccuWeather in just a moment. I'm Alan Gimsey, 556. You've been listening to the Ministry of Stan Ponds. Make it clear, find out more about the ministry. It's so simple to do that online at thewordorlando.com. That's thewordorlando.com. All ready for the weekend? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, you, need, you need a break, right? Yeah, hey, I know we all do once in a while. If you've been thinking about getting the best education available for your kids, you need a break. Yes, we have one for you. A break. We continue to make half-price tuition available to you. What a break at AmazingRadioDeals.com. Check out the schools. The best right here in Central Florida. You can quick link to the websites and then call 407-618-1760. Now, this is truly the break, an opportunity of a lifetime. Kindergarten. 
high school, even college-level schools. Half-price tuition. That's right. Half-price tuition for a Christian private education. Find out more about it at AmazingRadioDeals.com. That's AmazingRadioDeals.com. Next at 6, Dr. Charles Stanley and In Touch on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Hi, everyone. Pete Paquette here on The Word. And we had a chance recently to talk with Dr. Mark Goodacre with Finding Jesus Faith Fact Forgery. It debuts the Sunday nights on CNN at 9 p.m. We're talking about uh, Finding Jesus. Uh, this is the second uh, second year for it. it. premieres this Sunday night on CNN, 9 p.m., Faith Fact and Forgery. You know, the series really brings biblical characters and Jesus' ministry and, and journey throughout the ancient world to life. Now, is there a particular site or pilgrimage, Doctor, that you've undertaken in the ancient world that you found kind of life-changing? Oh, without without any doubt at all, it's actually going to sites in Galilee. Um, oh. I mean, so if any if any listeners you know have have, have visited uh, Galilee, it, it it really does take your breath away. I think actually going and sailing on the Sea of Galilee, or going and walking around Capernaum, where Jesus spent so much of his time, I think that really does catch your breath. Uh, and I, and one particular item that I think is is quite fascinating is the is this is what's called the Jesus boat. They actually discovered a first century boat mm-hmm. that would be just like the one that Jesus stood in when he preached uh, from the shores of the Sea of Galilee. I, mm-hmm. Without doubt, I would say that they're, they're the sort of transformative things that uh, that, uh, that I've experienced. Be listening for more of my conversation with Dr. Mark Goodacre, consultant on finding Jesus' faith fact forgery. And it debuts Sunday night at 9 on CNN. Don't miss it. Find out more online at findingjesusresources.org. At Holy Cross Lutheran Academy in Sanford, we're inspiring hope for the future. HCLA's high school program is college board certified, has advanced placement courses, and offers a four-year capstone program that prepares your student for career and college success. We invite you to visit our upper campus. Go to thehcla.org to schedule a tour. When considering middle and high school education for your child, remember it's your child, your choice, their future. Live, love, learn, HCLA. 94.9 FM and AM 950, the word AccuWeather forecast from the Total Roof Services AccuWeather Forecast Center. Tonight, clear skies, low 51, breezy with mostly sunny skies, high 73 Saturday, partly cloudy Saturday night, low 55, breezier with intervals of sun and clouds, high 74 Sunday, cloudy and remaining breezy with a passing shower, Monday's high 76. I'm Michael Stack. That's your AccuWeather forecast on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. 94.9 FM and AM 950. Central Florida's WTLN Orlando. The word where faith comes by hearing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.